Hello, and welcome to episode 247 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And we are hopping in the Wayback Machine again, going back in my day to talk about Magic Origins. Yeah, hot tub time machine right here. <laughs> yeah. Got, you got your Chernobyl? Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's what I'm drinking here. It's uh, in my cup. <laughs> it's just Chernobyl. Got Chernobyl in my cup. Get turned. That's right. <laughs> um, so uh, we're, we're doing this this week. Uh, it should be pretty fun. I, I thought we were going to talk about colors, and then I saw it was Magic Origins. I was like, ooh, this will be fun. Yeah, I didn't feel like doing colors, so I figured we'd do another uh, another Back in My Day episode. Uh, I'm not going to be around next week, so we're doubling up. We recorded yesterday, and now we're recording again. <laughs> Apologize if, uh, I don't know, some of the same jokes are there because we, yeah. we just did this. <laughs> yes, yes. So um, we, we came to a... Uh, perhaps a quick decision um this well this more week. realization more realization <laughs> um yeah. so for a very long time the show has been posted on soundcloud mm-hmm. and uh to post like more than three songs on soundcloud you have to pay a monthly fee yeah and our listens on soundcloud have uh gone down every year we've used soundcloud <laughs> have and, not kept up with the monthly fee huh yes so we did some quick math and i think we this year have paid roughly a uh, dollar 50 per play of the podcast <laughs> on um soundcloud and while we appreciate you soundcloud users uh times Times are rough in these streets. <laughs> like, have you seen inflation? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think that we will probably plan to uh, no longer place the podcast on SoundCloud when, like, this most recent month. So it might it might go through October, yeah. but like we'll probably no longer put the podcast on SoundCloud. Yeah, just because I mean there's still plenty of places to listen to the show that are free <laughs> yes or they're all free to you and yeah. free ish to us yeah so uh we have Podbean. uh we have the apple uh the apple store or the apple yeah. uh podcast app i do believe we're on the google app okay i think uh we're also on youtube and spotify mm-hmm so so plenty there are, of places for you to listen to us. Yes, plenty of places. So if you uh, are a SoundCloud user, you you may be uh, uh, time to switch to another um, form of listening enjoyment. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, perhaps if we rapped more, like SoundCloud, yeah. like really, really the niche there is like C minus white rap. And so, yeah. like, if we could have gone that way. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't seem uh, financially uh, worthwhile to continue it. Uh, James no. James was like, I think yesterday, post-pre-show, we were talking about how many listens we got. And then yeah. he checked the email and went, oh, it's renewing? I didn't know we yeah. paid for that. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. He's like, maybe we shouldn't pay for that anymore. And I was like, okay. 
So yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think that's a very good idea. To the few listens that we get off of SoundCloud, I don't think are are worth what we pay for it. So yeah. So if you're one of those ten people, I apologize. <laughs> yes, I. Uh, what? There's one person. Uh, okay, here we're gonna go. Kenneth, I see you. Our number one <laughs> listener of all time with 124 plays. Mm. Kenneth, it's Sorry, time Kenneth. to switch to another app. Yeah. This I, is for you, buddy. I appreciate you. Uh, and then Mo, Mo with 35 plays. Yeah. Spotify, my man. <laughs> YouTube. YouTube's free y- and you YouTube. get to look at us. Yeah. You can also, like, uh, uh, if you can, you can oftentimes turn your phone upside down so you don't have to look at us. Uh, this True. Is, this is also this is also an option. I, I mean, if you have YouTube Premium, you can shut your screen off and still listen to us. Also, yes. uh, I I am guilty of YouTube Premium. Uh, I've been really thinking about it. I watch a lot of YouTube, but I have not jumped on the YouTube Premium. So the reason we have YouTube Premium is uh, Gavin hates capitalism. So yeah. whenever he would see a commercial, oh. he'd be like, oh, no, it's broken. Make it go away. Daddy, <laughs> fix it. Ah! And so when you're like, when in the morning, the only way you can get him in the car is to like have him watch the iPad and then it yeah. goes to commercial. Yeah. Oh, no. So uh, I was like, is it worth the YouTube premium price to A, not have the baby melt down and scream at me? Yeah, we could have stopped there. Yes, it was worth the fifteen bucks for that. Yeah. But now he, I can't think of the last time he's actually seen a commercial. Uh right, because like everything's Netflix and right and and uh, uh, Disney. Disney and stuff. So like he doesn't see commercials. Yeah. So like, that's good. Mm-hmm. Like he he will never have the skip it song stuck in his head. <laughs> I just ruined the day for some of you because you're like skip it, skip it, right? You're singing it now. You're seeing the commercial, right? But he's not gonna have that. But yeah, so we're gonna have to retire this. Yeah, I guess. Good, <laughs> lucky me. Like now he just goes and looks at trucks at Target. It's not like he's been like, oh my gosh, I have to buy hungry, hungry hippos or something. <laughs> Or at his age, hungry, hungry, choking hazards. Um, exactly. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Probably, I'll probably cancel the SoundCloud subscription in the next yep. week or two and just, like, let it lapse. Yeah. I mean, if you guys are really angry about it, um, all of the ways to let us know how angry you are are yeah. in the description. Twitter, Facebook, email, Discord, whatever. Uh, you can let us know how angry you are, but... uh I don't think it matters how angry you are because I don't think so. You can let us know, but I don't think it's. Yeah, if you're like super bad, I don't know. Sorry, sorry, Kenneth. Sorry, Kenneth. Yep. Uh, um, I guess kind of on the same topic, if you guys want to support the show, um, you can do so in one of two ways. The first doesn't cost you guys anything. Um, I'm assuming you guys are purchasing Magic product anyway. So you might as well do it using our TCG Player affiliate link, uh, casualtryhard.com slash TCG. Follow that link on over to TCG Player, and any purchase you make will help to support the show. Uh, we would really appreciate it. 
it would help uh you know cover these hosting fee costs yes <laughs> that we're paying for yes ba- I, should... I was going to say basically no reason but i guess kenneth is a reason kenneth is a reason and we have to, we have to pay the podbean one or the podcast just gets recorded and right. it doesn't go anywhere <laughs> yeah we would post it to patreon and that would be it <laughs> yeah and um, and hey, we gotta we gotta stick on that Podbean grind because we are almost to a hundred thousand downloads. Yeah, I mean, we at least gotta stick it out till a hundred thousand downloads. Yeah, really, really. Um, so yeah, TCG Player affiliate link. Buy your stuff there. Help us at the same time. Get cheap prices. Doesn't cost you guys anything extra. Helps us. Yes. Um, if you want to support us more directly, speaking of Patreon, you can head on over there. Patreon.com slash casual MTG. Patrons get access to our pre-show. A whole nother another show out of us, about an hour's worth of content every week. Uh sometimes it's questionable quality because it's just us hanging out, catching up. Um no script, no editing, just just raw us. Sometimes it's about magic, sometimes it's not. It's been about inflation lately, so something. <laughs> Uh, patrons also get access to the show notes, so you get a kind of a sneak peek about what that week's episode's going to be about, and you get put on my mailing list, which, as I just told you in last week's episode, you sh- actually, by the time you hear this, you should have it. Uh, went out last week, so you guys should be getting that, and I'm going to need your help for the next one, so make sure you patrons let me know if you got any ideas for that. Uh, Patreon.com slash MTG. Chip a couple bucks in, however much you think we're worth to you, and uh, help keep the show going. We'd appreciate it. Yeah. All right. So we are talking about what was supposed to be the end of an era. Dun, dun, dun. We're talking Magic Origins, which was supposed to be the death nail for corsets. Corsets. Um, And not like the ones you tie around your midsection. (laughs) No. I, I barely, I barely, the only reason I, I know I have core muscles is because I'm pretty sure my ribcage is not to sit directly on my pelvis, but other than that, I have no indications of core muscles. Um, yep. So for a long time, at least some of the player base, like I think I subscribed to this and perhaps you did as well, felt that like the core set was a good place to kind of have a kind of like back to basics kind of like vanilla limited environment mm-hmm. and like not too complicated cards as a yep. way to introduce new players to the game. Well, and it also made sense because they always came out in the summertime and that's when like kids head off of school. So you'd have this, I don't want to call it dumbed down because some of the limited environments were pretty good and mm-hmm. they were, you know, interesting and interactive, but less complex uh, set yeah. in the summertime to grab the kids with nothing better. And the um, what well, they found out later, and part of the reason corsets came back was the corset is also a really good place to print random cards you need to make your format work that right. aren't constrained to a particular story. You yeah. can randomly throw Tormod's Crypt into um, a corset. And you need to make no mention of Tormod or worry about story. Like, just right. know, here's Tormod's script. Hey, we randomly need Pithing Needle. Here's Here Pithing Needle. Pithing Needle is, like, always the go-to example, 
Right, but yeah. like, do you need graveyard hate? Do you need like some random two two for two with an ability to like? Do you need to reprint? Uh, oh gosh, uh, the order of the white whatever, like the 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 white white two two that like gets a land if you have less lands than your opponent. It's in this set. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like so, like, do you need that card? Night of the white orchid. Night of the those. white orchid. Yes. Yep. Do you need that? Um, that kind of card. Yeah. Throw also, it in the corset. Like, corsets were where the kind of in the same vein as, you know, problem fixers. Corsets were where your hosers were. Typically mm -hmm. hosers didn't make it into like a regular standard release. They were kind of reserved for the summertime, the corset. Yeah. Um so like there's definitely a need for corsets, but mm -hmm. I think that for a lot of enfranchised players, corsets didn't sell super well. They weren't super appealing because they were perhaps a little bit more simple in the limited environment. Yeah, and cards weren't exactly as powerful as they were like in a normal release. And if you have a lot of like, you know, staple reprints, right? Yeah. Like I already have four pithing needles. Like opening right. my fifth pithing needle does does not move the needle for me. Opening I see what my you did there. Yeah. Opening my seventy-fifth <laughs> Tormod script isn't doing it, right? Right. So like people were just less excited about corsets in general. So they were mm -hmm. gonna send them off with a bang with magic origins. Yep. So where does the name Magic Origins or, or Origins come from? So basically Magic Origins is telling the story of how Jace, Liliana, Chandra, Nyssa, and Gideon got their spark. Mm -hmm. um, we'll talk about the cards in a little bit, but kind of the selling point of the set was that it had the five planeswalkers in creature form on the front side, and then when a condition was met, they would transform into a planeswalker. So it was a card that was a creature transforming into a planeswalker telling a story about how a character transformed into a planeswalker. So it was kind of centered around 10 planes. Uh, each planeswalker had the plane they, like their home plane, and then the first plane that they plane walked to with some sort of event causing the spark to ignite. Gotcha. Um, uh, this is kind of the uh, origin of like the Jastis League. Yeah. Like, right. Kinda. Kinda. Uh, but like, I don't know, I guess I guess we had no like cons was before this like the con yeah, block we haven't been to BFC yet BFC I think is next yeah but like those are the planeswalkers that yeah. were like the Jastis League on on BFC yeah. so this was yeah. kind of like setting that up to some degree like let's make you care about all of these before yeah. it is all you see. <laughs> for the next three years just jason company yeah sad jace emo jace happy jace just all the jaces hobo jace hope hobo the best jace hobo jace <laughs> um so oh my god the pre-release for this was july 11th and 12th 2015 yeah jeez oh man and then it it's was almost ten years ago. Almost ten years, and then the like we're, we're creeping up on ten years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, 
like I came back in 2014, so I'll be 10 yeah. years. My 10-year wedding anniversary will also be my 10-year return to Magic. <laughs> um, and it was released July 17th, 2015. Yep. That is wild. Yeah. Um, so what were the what were the mechanics? What what were we doing? So the first thing is what I kind of just explained. We had some double faced cards. Um, I don't know if you technically consider these a mechanic, since there's only five of them and they were all at mythic. Mm-hmm. But there were double faced cards in this set. I um, I think it is important for the uh, the the youngins to understand that. We had double face cards in Innistrad, mm-hmm. and then we had these five double face cards. Like, were there any double face cards in between? Like, I don't think. Right? Maybe like, not. Yeah. This was kind of a big deal. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, I mean that was only like three years though, right? From Innistrad. Like was it original in Innistrad 2012? Was it Innistrad 2012? Maybe it was. Maybe that is not uh, as as impressive of a... Uh, I thought Innistrad was right before RTR. Maybe it was. Like, Innistrad is one of those things that, like, it seemed like a long time ago because I hadn't wasn't playing then. So, like, you yeah. couldn't get the packs and the cards when I came back. So, yeah, yeah no, Innistrad you're right. So it in might a, as well have been Odyssey. <laughs> yeah. So Innistrad came out in 2011. 2011. But you are right. It is right before RTR. Yeah. So, like, I came back, like, in Theros. So, like, that was, like, two blocks before, like, two years before. Like, those packs just didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, there were no double face cards in RTR. None nope. in Theros. None in nope. Khan's block. And yeah, uh, so those were the first double face cards in four years. Mm-hmm. So kind of a big deal in that regard. Yeah, it, I just meant like it's kind of hard to call it a mechanic oh, yeah. when it's at five cards at Mythic Rarity. Yeah, like it doesn't. Like it's, chances are you're not going to see one in your draft. Yes, and that's kind of counter counter to what? to like mechanic because most mechanics yeah. you kind of associate with like holding together a draft. But like think about like um, you know the dumpster fire that was Cleave. Like, how many right. cars had Cleave on him? Like, seven? Yeah, right. that was just like, like... you didn't even know because the mechanic was awful. Yes. So you just ignored it. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, like, who cares? Yeah. Um, so then we had... Uh, oh, man. This is we where we got Menache? This is where we got Menache? Yeah. There's a, a couple mechanics here that had some tweaks to them. Um, Menace replaced Intimidate as like the other evasion ability and intimidate and was only blocked by creatures of the same color i think so yeah and before that was fear that was black or artifact creatures right yes so it was fear then intimidate then us mm-hmm. um and we've had menace ever since um yeah. that is the evergreen other evasion ability um we also had two promotions of mechanics to Evergreen. Both Prowess and Scry became Evergreen in this set. Uh, previous to that, they had only ever shown up in like one set. Like Scry was in Theros, and um, 
Prowess was cons. cons. Mm-hmm. It's cons yeah. block. Yep. So that's when they started being put on like every car- every set uses them. Mm-hmm. And then there were also two new mechanics in this set. Uh, the first is Renown, which cared about something being unblocked once. Yeah, like dealing some- dealing damage, basically. You had to deal combat damage. Yeah, and then like the card would get a counter on it, mm-hmm. and then it was renowned and did whatever the renowned thing was. Some of them were just bigger. Some of them were like, if it's renowned, you get to now do an additional thing either on hit or just like in general. Yeah. Now was was I'm having a hard time remember. Like renowned, I don't think produced any like constructed playable cards. That I remember. So I it was just kind looking. of a limited mechanic. But was it a plus one plus one counter? It was a plus one plus one counter. And that was part of the ability that wasn't part of like whatever happened afterwards. I, I think all I think getting renowned put a counter on it. Yeah. And then put a plus one plus one counter on it. And then there was like, hey, if you're renowned, do a thing. Right? Um okay. So, and now there are different numbers for Renown. I'm looking at an Uncommon right now oh, that okay. had Renown 2. So, so it got, got two counters. Two counters. Um, so, I and then... Re- remember Renown having a number. Yes, it was Renown 1, Renown 2, and then, like, here's uh, Council's Lieutenant, which was white, white for a 2-1 first strike with Renown 1. And then when it attacks, if it's Renown, another attacking creature you control gets plus 1, plus 1 until end of turn. Okay. So, like, there were things that would turn on with being renowned. But, yeah. like, it's one of those mechanics that they have to be careful what else they put in the set. Because you can't put a plus one, plus one counter card in the set. Because, right. like, did then I you can't track it. Yeah, did I get this counter from being renowned or did I get this counter from. Uh, I mean, that, it wouldn't matter anymore because Arena tracks it for you and they don't care otherwise. Yeah, this is very true. But. Back in the Back day. Back then they did, though. Well, I have heard that, like, um, kind of brief tangent, like when we had, uh, oh, God, Frexia all will be one with the oil counters. Uh, yeah. They uh, just shot everyone down who suggested, well, maybe this, needs, this just needs a plus one, plus one counter. to Like, like gotcha. for ballots, they're like, no, we can't have, like, stacks of oil counters and then a random plus one, plus one counter. Okay. So, but yeah. So, uh, it was... Um, a good limited mechanic, uh, and I'm sure I think we've talked about it before. What was the best common in the set? We'll get there. Let's finish this up okay, first. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and then the other mechanic that was just for this set was spell mastery. Mm-hmm. And spell mastery cared about having was it three instants or sorceries in your I graveyard when you cast a spell? I feel like it was two. Mm, I think I, it was three. I will look. I could definitely be wrong. I know. I know there was a burn spell that had spell mastery that saw it's play. Fi- it, it still sees play. Fiery impulse. Okay. Uh, if there are two or more instants or sorceries in your oh, graveyard, okay. fiery impulse does three damage to that creature. So gotcha. it does. It's one for two. Or if you have spell mastery, it's one for three. Yep. And then, uh, oh gosh, the demonic tutor. Yeah, Dark Petition was Dark the Petition. one that I remembered because I played a lot of that card in seasons past. <laughs> yeah, so um yeah, it's two. It was it's always just two. So like okay. fiery 
uh, Fiery Impulse gets played in blue-red decks in Pioneer because getting the two spells in your graveyard is trivial. Right. Like, it kills everything on turn one and two, basically. Mm-hmm. And then by the time you get your... When it stops being effective, you get your second spell, and now it can, like, kill more stuff. Yeah. So, that was a... That that mechanic produced exactly two, um, like, uh, play... No, three playable cards, like, constructed playable cards. What's the third? Uh, the card you forgot existed, Exquisite Firecraft. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it still sometimes randomly sees some play. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Um, and that kind of leads into where you were going, where I stopped you, is uh, the pertinent limited archetypes. Yeah, I guess um, I should read the uh, read the show notes more closely. I don't really remember. Like, I didn't play a lot of limited during mm-hmm. this time. I was still, we'll talk about this a little later, still trying to find myself as a magic player in this time period. Um, and limited was not my th- I very much wanted to craft the best deck that I could and like try and tweak it and make it better and my thought process at the time was limited was kind of counterproductive to that um, so I did. I don't remember a single Origins draft right. but if I uh, remember correctly this was the Topin Freeblade format this was a Topin Freeblade format so I went and I just uh, was Talk about Topan Freeblade first. So, Topan Freeblade was a one in the white 2-2 two, two mm-hmm. that um, if it got in, it got renowned, it had renowned one, and if it got in, it got a plus one, plus one counter. Mm-hmm. Right? It just made it, it had vigilance. It mm-hmm. just made it so it was bigger than everything else. Yeah. So, like, on the play, like, Topan Freeblade attack you if you didn't have a way to block it or if they had, like, a removal spell. They just got, like, a 3-3 that was yeah. bigger than everything. Now, you might be saying, a 2-mana 3-3? That's not that big at all. It's 20-23. It was 2015. All right? right? Like, um... 3-3s cost 4 mana and limited in 20. Yeah. And it was, like, still... Multiple years before, like Thrashing Brontodon, a three oh, yeah. mana three four, and like when I mean, that it was card four years, yeah, like when that card got printed, we were like, oh my yeah. god, this is absurd, right? Yeah. So, um, like it was just so much bigger than everything else that, um, like you would just get something out of the way and then just go to town. So, for example, War Oracle is two white white for a three three with lifelink and renowned one. So your Topan Freeblade ate their four drop. Right. Or traded with their four drop. That was an uncommon. It was an uncommon that your common two two just like clowned. Um I'm trying to look at some other stuff here. Um do 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 like just like Th- that card was so far off scale. Here's a here's another one. Prized unicorn, three and a green, three and a green. It could have like an entire meaningful paragraph of text. <laughs> it's an uncommon, 
Uh, all creatures able to block prized unicorns do so. It's a 2-2. So it gets eaten by the Topin Free Blade with Vigilance? Yes. Um, here's a here's a 5-mana 3-2 flyer in black. And when it enters the, uh, the battlefield, each player loses 2 life. So you get bonked 2. I think yep. there's a card in in woe that is like three black black or maybe four and a black that's like a three four flyer that lightning helixes them yeah right different times but it, <laughs> way so, different yeah it just was massive yeah compared to um to everything what the rest else of the you were was trying yes. to do yes uh i went and looked up the draft archetypes it was like red white go wide um green white was or I don't know how that works, but green white was um, renowned and like mm. pump spells, titanic growth kind of stuff. And then you have blue white, blue white flyers. Sure. Shocker. Yeah. Green blue was Ravnica and it was, te- so they had like what planes it res- uh, corresponded yeah. to was tempo. Uh, black white was auras. I don't remember that. I don't oh, think that was. Oh, a- yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the, the, this was. Um- if I remember correctly, that oh, the card had, with the kids on it, blessed something or other, like that was the first time it got reprinted and people were excited. And it was oh the sad the sad children that were dead, yeah, uh, uh, blessed, yeah, yeah, and like there's Starfield of Nix at Mythic, yeah. Um, where are they at? Where are they? At? Oh, blessed spirits. When have you cast yeah. an instant or sorcery spell? Put a plus one plus one counter on it. It's a two two flyer for three. Uh. Yeah, okay. So, vaguely. Um, and then Black Red was Sacrifice, because it always is. Right. Uh, and then Red Green is Mid-Range Beatdown Creature Ramp, because again, it, always is. it always is. And then Black Green is Mid-Range Attrition and Elves. Because this is where we got Shaman of the Pack. That is. We're, we're going to get there, too. I... Honestly, only remember playing white decks. Okay. Like in limited, you mean? Mm-hmm. Because it was just like you want Topin free belly, you want the renowned thing, you want to sneak it through somehow. Yeah. So like I just remember playing a ton of of uh white decks because what like is sneaky about like green white pump spells or like being uh white red and having I think it was like Titan Strength mm-hmm. is you attack with your stupid tutu that if they don't block it, it just clowns like their next three plays. Yeah. It's almost a forced block. Yeah. And then you're like, and then you got a pump spell and you pump spell blow you out. Right. So it was, it was very much just like you want white cards. You want to be aggressive. Um, but like some of the, some of the green cards you have Dwinnin's elite. Yeah. We got Elvish Visionary like reprint after like a million years. Mm-hmm. Remember how excited people yeah, were people for that? Yeah, people were excited about that. Um, uh, we had Caustic Caterpillar. Just remember when Caustic Caterpillar was like a like <laughs> a, a like playable magic card in like constructed formats. Um, we got Flushbag Marauder back in black. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were the other? Gather the pack. Yep, that was a solid one. We got. A gnarl root trapper, the like reverse the elves. Ar- elves of deep shadow. Elves of deep shadow, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, was it Eyeblight? Was that the guy? Yep, the Eyeblight Assassin? Guy. Yep. Like, that card was uh, interesting. I'm trying to remember. There it is. Eyeblight Assassin. Yeah, when it enters the battlefield, target creature an opponent controls gets minus one, minus one to end of turn. And it's a three mana, two, yep. two. Quaint. Simpler Quaint. times. Um. Yeah, here we go. The common black removal spell was five mana. Mm-hmm. But it was an instant. Not anymore. So we were, we were feeling ourselves with it being an instant. Yeah. Uh, oh, Guilt Leaf Winnerer. That's what I was thinking of. And it's a battlefield. You may destroy a creature. Its power and toughness does not match. Oh, man. Because they like symmetry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you're not square, you're dead. That's right. Um. Yeah, the limited environment was very aggressive by, like, 2015 standards. I think, again, like, now it would be, like, normal to, like, maybe on the slow side. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, it was it was fun. Like, I remember playing it a lot. A well, lot, I mean, if I told you that the, the best limited card in WoW was a two-man 2-2 with... Like, you'd laugh at me, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, th- no way. Like, what's the other paragraph of text? Yeah. Oh, no, there's nothing. It's just, it, it gets a plus one, plus one counter sometimes. Yeah. That's it? Like, yeah. Mm, I think we can do better. <laughs> uh, that cannot 2023 be 2023 right. says holding the beer. Exactly. But, yeah, no, it was it was good. Like, there are uh, perhaps an outsized number of cards from this set in my cube. Because, <laughs> like, the... Like, the blue red archetype like there was a lot of like things that came in and made like thopters or tokens and stuff so yep. like you have a lot of the gear per things that were like yeah here here's like uh, gear per gear crafter here's a here's a two one that makes a one one for you it's like thanks no oh, like, aether grid was in this set wasn't it It was it was yeah. gear aether grid yeah like just just some so- good solid like magic cards like gear per aether grid was like a reasonable build around in 2015 yeah i mean it also saw play like in modern at some point it did it wasn't it wasn't affinity yeah uh so yeah i don't remember like i wish i could remember like specifically like oh man this was like an amazing like limited deck but like i think it was just like you want to open free blade and you want as many of them as you can get yeah and then ways to get them through like that was the like, like like I said I didn't play much limited during this time. Yeah. I think the only limit the only limited I played was pre-release at this time, so. Like what's funny is is like I've not played a ton of woe, but I've still done like what would have been close to like 2 to 4 weeks worth of drafts 7 years ago. Like I've done four right. drafts and I'd be like, right. "Oh man, I've done a bunch of drafts." Yeah. And like now it's like I haven't done that many. I usually do like 30. <clears throat> mhm. All right. So what were our what were our like standard decks? So I just kind of went based off of what the PT decks were because we used to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, PT had a lot of mono red. There's a there's a link there if you want to pop it open and check it out. But there was a lot of mono red. Uh, this version of mono red had Monastery Swiss Spear, uh, Zergo Bell Striker that we talked about. Uh, during the dragons back in my day episode, mm-hmm. um, Stoke the Flames was in this mono red deck. 
I don't think Rebel Master was, because Rebel Master would have rotated by the time Rebel. Origins came out, right? So it was Fire Drinker Seder, Lightning Ooh. Berserker. Oh, yeah. Lightning Monastery Swiss Period, three Zergos, and then four Abbot of Carol Keep. Yep. Modern playable Abbot of, Rebel, uh, Abbot of Carol Keep. Fiery Impulse, a one of. Wild Slash, Lightning Strike, Searing Blood. Exquisite Fire Claw, Craft, and Stoke the Flames. Yep. Um, and then second place we had in Soul Artifact. Mm-hmm. This is uh, the, basically the Scissors deck in Pioneer. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, I think this is where uh, Mike Sigris punted and like lost himself the Pro Tour, if I remember okay. correctly. Or maybe that was another, there was, there was definitely. Do you remember a, the story? I'm trying to remember, uh, but I think there might have been two uh, punts. Uh, uh, let's see, Sigrid's PT punt. Hour of Devastation. Um, Poor Siggy. Yeah. Um, I thought like there was something that he like messed up that like cost him. I know there was one that like cost him in like a later PT, but I thought there was one. I thought there uh, was one back here. Yeah. I might be wrong. Like, sorry, Sigrist, if you're listening and you're like, I didn't punt this. <laughs> Why are you bringing this up? Stop it. Yeah. Uh, Hmm. Yeah, I wish I could remember. But um oh, that's all right. The scissors the scissors deck was um Yeah, we had Ornithopter Darksteel Citadel, right? Mm-hmm. As things to suit up. And then otherwise it was kind of just like hit Phyrexian Revoker. Yep. Chief of the Foundry. Whirler Rogue. Whirler Rogue, yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, collateral damage. Oh my god. Um, Whirler Rogue is how you get your Nantuko husk through. <laughs> different deck. <laughs> different deck. Um, shrapnel Blast. Oh, Ghost Fire Blade. You remember that thing? Oh, yeah. Yep. I do remember Ghost Fire Blade. Yeah. So, like, your, your goal was to, like, turn one, like, Ornithopter, turn to insult artifact, make it a five-five. Cross your fingers and hope that that was enough no to win you the spell. game. Yeah. Um, or like Dark Steel Citadel, mm -hmm. and then maybe turn three, put uh, an insult artifact on Suit it, it up. and it's yeah. uh, it's indestructible. So then you just beat face with a five-five indestructible. You put them in the abyss, as it were. <laughs> and yep. cross your fingers and hope it's good enough. <clears throat> um, I mean, if it, if you had one, it usually was. I I remember losing to this deck a lot. Yeah, like if you like, like had the draw. Like it's a deck that's probably powerful enough for like it would probably be powerful enough for Pioneer if you had more insult artifacts, right? The fact. Well, I, I mean, they do, but the other one doesn't see play. What's the other like? Tezzeret's uh, Ambition or, or Tezzeret's touch. touch yeah it's yeah. three mana though yeah but like if, if it was blue black then you'd like yeah. play blue black scissors mm -hmm. right but like I think being <clears throat> only having the one doesn't give you enough consistency yeah but like it was a very powerful deck mm -hmm. and um uh 
But it was This is the first deck that I ever remember Tom playing. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not sure when him and Dylan started coming around, but uh I do remember Tom playing. Yeah. And it also had Stubby D. Yep. Yep. And like as you're like, okay, not only can I cross my fingers and I hope protect there's a, it. I but I <laughs> I have three ways to protect it. Come on, big money. Yep. Um Yeah, and then we have multiple flavors of Abzan. Still. I mean I think every every one of these back in my day episode done we've talked about Abzan, so I don't think we need to dive in too much. Yeah. But uh this was around the time period where the Den Protector Death Mist Raptor combo was like the build. So mm-hmm. I think basically all of the is what just a way to grind. Yeah. Death Mist Dinosaur. Yeah. Uh, still Siege Rhino. Get in there, buddy. Yep. So it's funny. Like, I know these prices are current prices. Yeah. Mono Red, 172. <laughs> uh, Blue Red and Soul Artifact, 165. Abzan Control, $431. Holy moly. Uh, Green Red Devotion, $341. Wow. That's gotta be, like, all Nykthos, right? Uh, Green Red Devotion, probably. Uh, so, okay, Wooded Foothills is $120 of that, and Nykthos is another $120. Yeah. And then, like, Sylvan Carry added is $14. And Dragon Lord... really? uh, Well, for, for four. For four, so they're three dollars okay. a piece, but yeah. Dragon Lord Atarka for four is twenty six dollars, so like almost twenty seven, so like six, almost seven dollars a pop. Yeah, but it's just funny, like oh, the, and then two Ugin the Spirit Dragons for twenty nine dollars a pop. Yeah, um, but no, it's just funny, like the two top finishing decks were like some of the cheapest by far, and then. Mm-hmm. Um, mono red again, one seventy. Mono uh, blue red again, one seventy one. And then this person was a baller. Their mono red deck was one ninety eight. <laughs> again, I know it's in like what the cards are worth today, but probably not too far off for what they cost yeah, back in I the day. Think so with like a pile of uncommons. Yeah, uh, basically. <clears throat> So, and then again, Green Red Devotion is this, oh gosh, what's his name? Um, this is basically Zenigos. just Mono, yeah, Mono Green Ramp with Xenagos. Yeah. Um, it's oh, kind what? of what, like, Red, I don't, if, I don't know if you remember, like, the Red Green Monsters deck that oh, was I, around, like, I, I from do. Theros. I do. Um, I think this is what that turned into. Yes, because it has Xenagos the Reveler. And yeah. I forget the guy's name who played that deck constantly at the at the store. Uh, but he played it all the time. And like, Zinc? Didn't Zinc play Xenagos? Do you remember Zinc? Zinc, I think. With the really long fingernails and the foot gloves? Yes. Yes. Yes, that is the guy. Yeah. That is the guy. Um, and then he uh, had Whisperwood Elemental in it. Mm-hmm. Oh man, Whisperwood Whisper Elemental is only fifty cents now. 
Oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> that card was great. It was. Um, course of crew fix still holding on at like 90 cents. Yeah, but basically it's just like mana dorks or like the best kind of mana dorks you can get in standard at the time. I guess we had Elvish Mystic and then a bunch of like two mana mana dorks. Yeah, Sylvan Kyrieta and Rattle Claw Mystic. Yeah, and then like Courser to hit your land drops, some like mm -hmm. kind of like good four and five drops, and then you had Genesis Hydra. Yeah. Where you just dump all your mana, make a huge Hydra, and then play another threat off the top. Yeah, whatever the thing was that you found. Yeah, like, uh, oh my gosh, Arbor Colossus. Oof. I still have a whole pile of, I think I have 10 or 12 Arbor Colossuses. So, this card was a house back in the day. It's yeah. two green, green, green for a 6-6 six, six reach. And you can pay three green, green, green to put three plus one, plus one counters on it. And it would destroy um, target creature with flying and opponent controls. When you put the counters when on it. When you put the counters on and it. And you could do that once. Yes. Uh, quaint. Again, yeah. quaint. Uh, yeah, but that card was a house. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, like, we were in, like, we were in kind of that, that portion of, like, standard where, like, it's seemingly, like, every Pro Tour... There were, like, multiple, like, mono-red aggressive decks that yeah. did really well. There was, like, a streak for a couple years, right? Because we had a Tarka red, mm -hmm. and then we had this deck. Yep. Like, it was just, like, mono-red over and over and over again. Uh, but a very... Um, and uh, this was after Rebel Master, right? Because Rebel Master mm -hmm. was in... Um, M15. Core 15, yeah. Yeah, like, it is definitely after that. So, like, it's... It's held together with, like, again, like we said, Fire Drinker Seder. Right. Yikes. And, like, Lightning Berserker. A 1-1 one, one for 1 with Fire Breathing. <laughs> but it has Dash. It does. So you can pay 1 mana to cast it every turn with haste. <laughs> with haste. As opposed to, you know, paying it 1 mana nowhere. once. Um right. But doesn't have haste. Doesn't have haste. Like a sucker. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. In 10th place, or in ninth place, uh, like at least based on constructed win rate, the Dragon Master. Yeah. Brian Kibler. Mr. Kibler. Yeah, just like random, like, oh yeah, like he used to play Magic. Like, <laughs> and like, he played Magic pretty well. Uh, uh, at a time not too, uh, not too dissimilar to when I was playing. Mm -hmm. Like he is known for more than just Hearthstone. Yes, is he like might be good at? He might have been good at Magic. Yep. Uh, oh man, that's kind of crazy. Um, you look at his recent finishes. Yeah. Um, his recent finishes are, uh, uh, what is this? They, they stop in 2016 <laughs> with Grand, Grand Prix, Grand Prix Oakland, which happened in January. 
2015, then, 2015, 2015, 2015, 2016, 2023. Yeah. With, uh, with a March of the Machines uh, draft. Yep. Yeah, just funny. It's like, oh yeah, Kibler... That guy who did Hearthstone commentary uh, played Magic and was very good. Represented our nation. That's right. Um, so, and then what else we have here? We have many flavors of Abzan, and like Nykthos has been busted for as long as there's been a Nykthos. Yep. And then just a couple decks that were already around, we talked about during Dragons episode. Um, Esper Dragons is still kicking around, and Just Guy Prowl was kind of kicking around. Yeah, like, I think something that um, was maybe, a, uh, I don't know, he kind of still had, like, Siege Rhino was still kicking around. They say, like, it yeah. felt like there might have been, like, more churn in, like, decks mm-hmm. where, like, you know, we're going to, like, be playing against Shieldred till Shieldred Forever. rotates. Yeah. And then he'll just go to Pioneer to live in Modern and Legacy. Um yeah. But, like, you know, uh, like, we've been playing against Esper midrange in Standard for how long? Like, uh, uh, forever. Like, since Rafine? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Maybe even before that. Mm-hmm. But, I like... I feel like there was an Esper midrange deck before Rafine, and then, like, obviously the deck's different with Rafine, but... Yeah. But, like, it just feels like there is a little bit more, like, turnover where, like... You know, like I don't think you could ever have like the insult artifact deck. Yeah. Like I just like that's just not of a power level that can like exist. Right. Uh so that it's just like it just seemed like you're like, oh, like Esper Dragons, the deck that was like the deck of like the previous like Pro Tour or two. Just like mm-hmm. not really anywhere to be found. I guess like uh well, Kentaro Yamamoto went eight and one, but like that doesn't count. Like, yeah. he just no. But like you know, you just are like, oh no no no, I'm sorry, that was Abzan. I'm sorry. There you go. Here's someone who is playing Esper. But like it just like it was very much like the like the deck, and then it just fell off. Like, we've not, like, the cards, like, the cards that are playable enough are so powerful now that they don't fall off. There used to be more churn in standard. Well, so, I like, when I was putting this list together, I know I said that I referenced, like, the PT Origins Mm -hmm. because that's pretty representative of what people were playing at the time. But, like, I I mean, I remember people still playing Esper Dragons. Yeah. Like, in this time, and so, I mean, that's not... Yeah. I didn't completely go off just the PT, like, I... I knew that there were still people at FNM playing. Yeah, but... There were still people... You know what I mean? Like, as, like, a top deck, right? Like, it used to be that a deck would come up and it would be not so much better than everything else, typically. Yeah. That, like, you know, like, there was a deck that was, like, a card or two away. And it got that card or two, and then it was able to, like, compete. And it feels like we don't have that as much. Well, I mean, the churn used to be weekly. I remember, mm-hmm. like, complaining about coverage because, like, at the time, the SCG crew, like Brad and Todd and all them, would, you know, spike a tournament and then get everybody else on board with playing the deck that they spiked the tournament with. 
and then show up the next week with a deck that beats the deck that they played last week. Mm-hmm. So, like, by doing that, like, they were able, be, by being kind of a like celebrity or whatever, they were able to stay ahead of the metagame because they just built a deck that beat the deck they just played. Yeah. Like, that seems so innocent compared to, like, you know, uh, the last couple of years of buy my NFT collection. Right. <laughs> Give me all your money. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much. There is no NFT collection here. Uh, I will see you later. Um, <laughs> and then Jeskai Prowess or Tokens, that was the deck I played, like, through uh, cons. It was still around. Mm-hmm. It was doing good things. Mm-hmm. But, like... It was it was very much built sometimes around like just guy ascendancy. And if it got thought yep. seized or countered, your deck did <laughs> no things anymore. Yeah. But it was definitely still around during this time. Alright, so what were our hyped cards during spoiler season slash pre release? So I know that like when we were talking or whatever, you had a bunch of cards that you wanted to talk about. Some of them were in the next section. Okay. These were really the only three that I remember being super hyped for. Mm-hmm. If you want to hop in with some others, feel free to. Um, the first is Archangel of Tithes. Like, people lost their mind about this card during during spoiler season because it, like, comboed with everything. We got to tell the people what it does. It's like one white, white, white. Very good. For a 3-5 flag. And when you gain life, you put a counter on something? No, no, you're thinking of Archangel, Archangel of Thune. So this is... As long as Archangel of Tithe is untapped, creatures can't attack you or a Planeswalker you control unless their controller plays one. And if it's attacking, creatures can't block unless their controller pays one for each of those creatures. I mean, it was You were right. I was thinking of a different card, but I I do remember people getting hyped about that card as well, though. Um, I guess a, like, smaller card that I remember people being hyped about was uh magmatic insight do you remember this uh was that discard a land shock something for a mana discard a land draw two cards draw two cards right it was like oh man like never had never had a land to discard it when you want it to discard when you wanted to play that card like i've never seen anyone put it on the stack but i remember being like oh man this is one mana to draw two cards and you just have to discard a land? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and like, yeah, never never did a thing. Yeah. At all. Um, another card that like a lot of people were hyped for and only kind of recently the hype had off was Days Undoing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I remember this card being like a 35 or $40 pre-order. Mm-hmm. Like people... No, they had never tried to print a fixed time booster book. And I think very quickly after this card released, it went to basically nothing. I bought like 10 or 12 copies for under a dollar. I wish I would have done that. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, they've kind of crept back up with uh, the printing of Narset. Yeah. Um, I saw another... Where's the other card I just saw that I was like, oh... That's the card people were kind of hyped about. Where was it? Oh, gosh. Um, was it the Great Aurora? Did people think that was going to be good? 
Um, I played the Great Aurora in the Seasons Pass Control deck, but I don't think people were super hyped for it. Okay. The, the only other card I remember being like hyped for was Languish. Oh, um, yeah. Languish was kind of nuts, and like it, I mean, it deserved it. That card was very good while so, it was legal and saw play for a long time afterwards. So, um, Damnation to Black Black uh, destroy all creatures that can't be regenerated, the Black Wrath of God, mm -hmm. uh, at that point was like a 50 or $60 card. Yep. And so people saw Languish as, you know, again, damnation at home. Like, yep. oh my gosh, it kills, like, all these creatures in modern. Like, it'll be so great. Like, I can, I can play Languish instead of damnation kind of deal. Yeah, I mean, it was also, I think, the game day promo was Languish. Mm -hmm. It was like a full art Languish, and yeah. it was gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yes. Um, we also had, like, uh, kind of a key reprint that feels silly now. Uh, remember when Smash the Smithereens was, like, five bucks? Oh, yeah. And they printed Smash the Smithereens at Common in Origins, mm -hmm. and it was, like, Oh my gosh, like I can finally get smashed with the reins for like legacy burn. Yeah. Right? Like just just wild. Alright, what is our what is our next section? Are these the cards that we missed? No, well these are cards that were kind of important for non rotating Okay. So okay. stuff that like may not have been hyped but ended up seeing play over the course of time as it has gone on, or immediately. Like some of these are kind of silly to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, the first up is a card that you've mentioned a couple times now, uh, Ebbet of Carol Keep. So this is one in the red for a 2-1 with Prowess. Mm. And when it comes into play, you get to exile the top card of your library and you can play it. So this yeah. let you hit land. So like the play pattern was you wanted to play it on 2, or sorry, on 3. On 3. In the hopes of exiling a land and playing it. Yeah. Um, you never exiled the land on three, right. very rarely. Uh, but like it was a card that like uh, Patrick Chapin played in modern. I remember people talking about it for like old formats, like Legacy mm -hmm. and Vintage, because um, you, you could hit like zeros. hit your moxin off of it. Yeah, yeah, but it did see some play. Yeah. Not a, at the time, like I didn't play any older formats. I only played standard, so I don't. I never really got the hype for this card, and I couldn't ever understand why it was expensive because this was like almost a ten dollar card at one. Yeah. Um, and then what else do we got here? Uh, uh yeah. Next up, we have Goblin Pile Driver. It's one and a red for a two two. One two. One two. Protection from blue. Yes, it can't be countered. For some reason. Or could it be countered, but it's had protection? I think it's just pro blue. Uh, and then every time a goblin ETBs, it gets plus two, plus oh? Uh, close. Whenever it attacks, it gets plus two, plus oh until end of turn oh, okay. for each other attacking goblino. Each other goblin. So, yeah, so it can get big really fast. It does just have pro blue. Um, this, again, was another expensive card. Mm -hmm. when it was printed and it was like a staple in legacy goblins yeah right uh true name can't block it right 
Pro Blue. Uh, Pro Blue. Um, and, like, it can end the game real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so everyone's super excited this was getting printed. Uh, it didn't do, like, anything in standard. No. And people were excited that it was, like, getting played, like, it was getting put into modern. And then right. did nothing in modern. Right. But, like, we were, we were like, oh, yeah, the goblin's coming, baby. <laughs> yeah. Didn't really do anything. This is, uh, this next one's, I don't know, kind of, uh, makes me, makes me feel bad. But Pia and Kiran, mm-hmm. uh, Chandra's parents, we got their first card in Magic Origins. Two red, red for a 2 2. When it ETBs, you make two thopters. I do believe I am and then checking. You could sack a thopter to shock something, maybe. I don't sack, 100% it was remember. Two and a red, sack an artifact, and it deals P and Karen deal two damage to target creature or player. Yeah. This got played in Modern Jund briefly. Uh, this saw a lot of play in a lot of places. Yeah, like I have, I had a bunch, and they did like a, like I think it was like a dual deck or something printing where there was like a foil version, of, art version of the card. Mm-hmm. I had some of those because like, oh, this card, again, man, this card's like the new hunt master. It's gonna be around yeah. for years. No, it like hung out for a while and then got like went away, but for like. A shining moment. It was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah, I mean, kind of like Ebba Kirill Keep. I don't even know if either of these are like uncommon or level. Yeah, like I was like, oh, this would fit in the cube well. Like this is definitely like if you printed this at uncommon now, you'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, but like I don't even know if it's like up to the power level of uncommons today. It might not be. You might be right. Um. And then we got Scab Clan Berserker. It's like yeah. one red red for a two two. Re two. Uh, it's a two two. It is a two two with haste. Renowned one, and whenever an opponent casts a non-creature spell, if Scab Clan Berserker is renowned, it deals two damage to that player. So like the idea was get it in early, you know. And then, like, your opponent tries to storm off in Modern or Legacy, and they just get clap, Scab Clan Berserkered. Or they're yeah. playing, like, Moxin in Vintage. And this, yeah. like, did see some play in Vintage for a while. Like, mm-hmm. okay, now you get to, like, uh, kill the... Like, they can't play all their mana because you're, like, hitting them for two each time they yeah. play something. Like, I think the line of, like, Black Lotus play Scab Clan Attack was, like... Not as absurd as it just sounded coming out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Right? But, like, that was something like, oh, man, I get my scab plan now. Like, their Black Lotus deals them, too. I don't think that this is an expensive card or it ever really was an expensive no, card. No, I don't think it ever, but like, took this off. This is, like, still a desirable card, though. I always see this on... On what? Buy lists. Okay. Yeah. Um, for whatever um, that's worth. Yeah, but it's funny. Like, just Black Lotus this. Yeah. that That's what you're using your Black Lotus man on. That is what you're using it on. Um, and then we have... I just have to step aside. Then we have the elves. Go, Elf Master. <laughs> Legolas, yeah, so go. We had uh, a bunch of cards for elves. Like, 
we mentioned earlier, uh, Elvish Visionary was reprinted in this set. Um, I think you mentioned Dwinnin's Elite already. Mm-hmm. One in a green for a 2-2, and if you control an elf, it brings a little 1-1. One, one. And we also got the gold card for black-green with Shaman of the Past. One green-black for a 3-2, and when it ETBs, it domes your opponent equal to the number of elves you control. And like these cards were huge because up until this point, elves had been kind of a combo deck, not quite to the level that like legacy in modern i'm talking Mm -hmm. um but it always relied on like green or uh going to get a crater hoof and hoofing your opponent um and now you didn't have to do any of that like they pretty much dropped crater hoof completely and were instead of you know casting crater hoof you were going to get a shaman of the pack and draining your opponent also, like, it made it so it could be a company deck. Yeah, for sure. Right, because, like, your big finisher deal 10 was a three drop. Yeah, you get it off a company. Um, And then you have the flip walkers. Yeah. Um, I remember people initially being excited. I, I don't, I'm not going to remember what, and I don't think we have to go, do we? No, if you don't want to. Well, I, I just meant like both sides of all five cards would take a while. It's true. This is true. Um, I remember people like at pre-release being excited for Liliana and Nissa, mm-hmm. and I know for a little while Chandra saw play. Yes, like in my um, burn decks. Yeah, but nobody cared about Gideon or Jace, and those were the two that saw play. Uh, Gideon saw play. Gideon saw play in some mono white decks, right? Because like okay. he like he would attack and then flip. Like you have to yeah. attack well, with two of the I face. mean, Liliana and Nissa did see play. Yeah. Um, but uh, the issue came with Jace because nobody thought Jace was good, and then when people figured out that Jace was good, uh, it went to being I think the most expensive card legal and standard like ever? of all time. Yeah, it was yeah. like ninety or a hundred dollars. I think at one point it was over 100. But yeah. Yeah, so um, Baby Jace here, Jace Friends Prodigy, um, one and a blue for an O2. Mm-hmm. Uh, draw a card, discard a card. So it's Merfolk yep. Looter. So yep. tap, draw a card, discard a card. If there are five or more cards in your graveyard, exile JVP, then return him to the battlefield transformed. And the back is Jace Telepath Unbound. Um, up to one target creatures gets neg two neg o. So on some level, and again in 2015, that could like kind of eliminate an entire attacker. Yep. Um, and then uh, I've got to zoom in. Don't have my glasses. Uh, <laughs> and then you may cast target negative three. You may cast target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard this turn. And if mm-hmm. it would go to the graveyard exile, oh, it has five loyalty. So you get to like. You could go like minus immediately, then plus yep. the next turn, then minus again and use your Jace. And then minus nine, you get an emblem with whenever you cast the spell target opponent mills five cards, which mm-hmm. you're kind of a long way away from, but like still wins you the game. Uh, I have lost to that Jace emblem multiple yes. times. Um, Jace is still in the vintage cube. Yep. Like still around after all these years. Um, he is significantly cheaper 
than he used to be. He's five bucks now. Oh, wow. The mighty have fallen. Yes. Yes. But, like, still, like, a powerful card that, like, defined a standard. Mm hmm. I mean, what? more than a standard. Like, it's a play in. I know it's a play in modern. I think it's a play in legacy. Yeah. Like, it has. It has. It did a lot. Yeah. Um, so these were cards that, like, impacted, like, you know, magic as a whole. I think there's I think there's a few that we that we uh neglected. All right. Um the first one is the man, the myth, the robotic legend, Hangerback Walker. Oh, I completely forgot about Hangerback yeah. Walker. XX for a zero zero, it gets X plus one plus one counters. You can pay like yeah. one and tap it to put a counter on it. And when it dies, it releases all those one one counters as one one flying thopters. Yep. Like so Kind of the precursor to Walking Ballista. Yeah, like, it, it um, words, uh, it got played in Affinity and Modern. It got, mm -hmm. um, it, like, has, it sees Pioneer play. Yep. Uh, it still sees some Modern play, and, like, some of the, if you watch Aspiring Spike videos, like, the Scales decks that are, like, pretty good, the Hardened Scales decks. Uh, yep. Hangerback Walker is still doing his thing there. Um... Hollowed Moonlight is still a cyborg card that gets played. Oh, so, really? Yeah, one in the white until the end of turn of a creature would enter the battlefield and it wasn't cast. Exile it instead. Draw a card. Okay. I cast my creativity. You hollow Moonlight him. Oh, yeah. Got yeah. him. Um, and then, um, oh, gosh. There's another one. If, you wanna, if we want to briefly touch on a commander card. Sword of the Animist. Oh, yeah, sure. That was a card that, like, never saw any constructed play. Mm -hmm. But, like, years later, it's like a $20 card. Holy it, moly, is it really? Oh, it was. It was a lot. Because it, like, just oh. gets played in every every commander deck. Just plays Sword of the Animist. It is two mana for an equipment. Encrypt creature gets plus one, plus one. And when it attacks, you may search your library for a basic land and put it onto the battlefield tapped and shuffle your library. And it has yeah. uh, equipped to like it is. So it is right now. Um, the magic origins version is five bucks. Okay. The um, tales of middle earth commander version is 91. Holy moly. It's like an old art yada yada thing. But then, like, the other Tales of Middle-Earth one is uh, only, um, that looks exactly the same as the other one for some reason, is six. So it has been more expensive, but it's, like, been printed down to $5. Yeah. And then there was one other card that was like, oh, yeah, we gotta, like, that card has, like, had some staying power. What was it? I, like, clicked right by it. And I was like, oh, we need to, I need to mention that guy. And then I forget. Um... <clears throat> Don't get old, boys and girls. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it is like being young, but nothing works. And you can't remember where you put your keys. Uh, I mean, one card that I thought about putting on this list was Tutelage. I have a story. Okay. So Sphinx's Tutelage, is that, what we're, is that what we're talking yeah. about? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, picture it. Sometime in 2016. Yeah. The Charlotte Convention Center. Mm -hmm. I, vividly, I can remember it. Playing standard, I think it was a standard yep. GP. Yep. And I'm doing 
However, I think it was a I think it was an open, not a GP. Okay, an open. Okay. Yeah. And uh, whatever, I'm probably in the Carowinds bracket or like yeah. fighting to be five four, <laughs> right? And from the very last table in the event, a guy just goes, "Oh my God, I did it!" Yes, <laughs> he was playing a Sphinx's tutelage like mill deck. Yeah, and he finally was able to mill out an opponent on in like round eight. He'd yeah. been playing his only win <laughs> all day, getting clowned, and just was like, "Oh my god, finally!" Like paid a hundred dollars to play in this event. Yeah, and was like Sphinx's tutelage. I'm gonna do that, and then um. Oh, and uh, and like yeah, just like ah, so Sphinx's tutelage is like the fixed grindstone. Yeah, um, it's like you mill two cards, and if they are three cards, if they if they share a color, you mill again, but they can't yeah. be lands, so it doesn't right. painter servant. Uh, we also forgot another card that is offended. Okay, harbinger of the tides. Well, yeah, sure. I mean. He was a staple in Merfolk until mo- the yeah. Modern Horizon sets. That's true. Right? So blue, blue for a 2-2 that you can pay two additional man, two colorless mana to cast it as if it had flash. Ooh. And when it enters the battlefield, you can return target tapped creature to its owner's hand. You don't have to pay any mana if you vial it in. Yes. And like, like this card saw play in Merfolk for yeah. years. Yeah. It was like one of like the best non merfolk, non lord merfolk mm-hmm. that that deck had for literal years. Yeah, uh, I think it took like Tidebinder Mage. It like took yeah, that spot. So. Yeah, that was a oh, uh, and then again another commander card, Alhamrit's Archive. Like, yeah, it saw it's it has seen some. Spicy commander play. Yeah. It is still ten dollars with three reprint with two reprintings. Somehow. Somehow. Again, commander. Commander. That is the way. Is it is it a card that no one played in standard and it is more than thirty cents? Commander's yes. the answer. Um Yeah. But like there were some like cards that saw play. They weren't like like archetype defining they were a lot of times they were like cards that kind of like are those glue cards maybe like a marginal upgrade or something or like you know a fringe like oh hey like i like getting two one ones now for my four mana as opposed to like getting a two two yeah right like i like two one one flyers better than a two two ground wolf okay and i can throw these flyers okay that seems good like just little things like that, mm-hmm. uh, and then like you know a couple random like days and doings, or we forgot demonic pact. Oh yeah, well we kind of talked about it. Or, oh demonic pact, no we did demonic forget pact. About demonic yeah, pact. so two black black for an enchantment. Beginning of your upkeep, choose one that hasn't been chosen. Demonic pact deals four damage to target creature or player, and you gain four life. Target opponent discards two cards. Draw two cards, lose the game. Lose the game. Uh, oh, what was what was the little cat thing? Harmless offering. Harmless offering. Yeah, 
Yeah. They didn't come until a couple of years later, though. Yeah, it, like it was like harmless offering was uh, there with demonic pact out the going out the door. Yeah, it's like please take take my thing that says lose the game. Yep, I have drawn my cards. I have gained my life. <laughs> yep, take my card. No, please lose the game. Please, please lose the game. Do do not do not kill my thing. Please lose the game. Um, yeah, I think overall, like it was a good set. Yeah, like, it was fine. Like it's, you look I back. I think it's exactly what you want of out of a core set. I did as well, and like I think on some level, like there's not, with maybe the exception of Jace, a card that you're like, ugh. Right, like every card, you're like, oh yeah, I remember that card that did this. Like that was good in this deck. Like there's a lot of like. Oh, I don't even feel that way about Jace. Yeah, like as like I mean, I'm not a blue player, and I enjoyed playing Jace. Yeah, but it's like may, maybe Jace, but I I agree. Like Jace wasn't like a card yeah. that felt like super oppressive. No, right? But like, it's just a set that like you look at it and like you get happy thoughts. You're like, mm-hmm. I remember these cards. I remember like stupid like harmless offering demonic pact. I remember yep. like you know I think Patrick Sullivan says like. The mark of a good card is it makes you like think about what you can do with the card. Like people were like, "What can I do with Days Undoing? Like this yep. is powerful. How can I make this work?" Well, what you do is you buy a bunch, you put it in a box, and you wait for them to print. <laughs> you wait for them to print a card that says you print can't draw cards, yeah. and then it's then you break the symmetry. But yeah. yeah, you have like all of these cards that are like a combination of like thinkers, and then yep. like the right power level in the right kind of deck. Like, you can't just, like, jam Hangerback Walker in your aggro deck. But if you have some, like, random plus one plus one counter synergies and some other things going on, then you're like, hey, this this does a thing. Yep. Like, I like this. And then, like, it made elves, like, more viable in modern. Absolutely. And, right, like, and in, like, not the way, like, I feel like if they were, like, we need elves to be good now... They'd print, like, a two-mana mythic that, like, did a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Tutored uh, up three elves, let you put two on the battlefield. What, added a bunch of mana so you cast the third one. Yeah. Like, or what was the, like, is it Savine? The, like, yeah. merfolk god? It's yeah. just, like, this is so much text. They were just, like... Right. Svalin, I think. Svalin, there we go. Yeah. They're just, like, hey, you want an elf that makes an extra elf sometimes? Okay, do, do you want uh, do you want Elvis Visionary? Like, yeah. That'd be good. And do you want like you know we're gonna make you play an extra color, but we're gonna let you fireball your opponent sometimes. Amen. And it's like okay, cool, yeah, yeah, we'll do all that. Like excellent. Yep. I'm I'm glad that we could uh we could accommodate your needs. Yep. Right. Like very different than like how they would do it now. Mm-hmm. Like what if we made this cost no mana? <laughs> Could that make Merfolk good? It could not. Um, but yeah, like, I think just like you look back and you're like, this is this is nice. So, um, I think I told the only story I can think of. The tutelage story? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't really have a story, just more of a, uh, I don't know, milestone, I guess. Um, this was the first set where I felt like I was a competitive player or it's the first set where I can remember like that many 
Okay. Um, before this, I'd always been playing kind of bad decks. Um, when I first got back into Magic, I played Mono Black, which obviously wasn't a bad deck. I wasn't versed enough in the format, having just gotten back into Magic 10 years or whatever, to pilot that deck appropriately. And I played some like decidedly bad decks prior to this. I played like a constellation deck, a black green, like enchantments matter deck that kind of fun to play, but not, um, I played like a Sultai planeswalker deck that was also pretty not good. I played red green land destruction. That was very not good. And I had just kind of gotten into competitive decks. Like I had built the death mist, then protect their abs on decks and played some of those. And for this standard, um, I started working on Elv, which kind of, and I've told this story on the show before, but I'm going to tell it again. I feel like it. Um, but I started building the Elves company, Black Green Collected Company Elves, and that kind of morphed into a Rally of the Ancestors deck, which it was like an Elf-centered Rally of the Ancestors deck where I was rallying back Shaman of the Pack to like fireball my opponent out which kind of led into what the Rally of the Ancestors deck turned into, like the four-color version with all... Um, you you cut out there for a second. Oh, okay. You said four-color, um, and then it went away. Yeah, with the like the token makers and the Nantuko Husk and like the combo version, uh, playing Jace. And I ended up on that deck list quite a bit before like it got big because that deck really didn't like cement itself until the very end of that standard season and i think it was after bfc came out because i remember like that deck picked up catacomb sifter um, um it won uh, G uh gp san jose i do believe okay. in uh 20 in like january uh like 10th 2016 Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I had been on the deck for basically this entire standard season, and it was kind of uh, vindicating, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's not the right word, but... Um, Validating. Val that's the word. Yeah, thank you. It's late. My brain's... Sorry. <laughs> it was validating for, like, the format to have come around to the place where I, like, brewed my deck to. And my deck was really only, like, two or three cards off of the um the gp winning deck but it also taught me a lesson about net decking because what i had worked so hard for basically an entire standard season on is like basically popped up and then was solved so yes. don't waste four months of your life brewing and tuning a deck that the collective might of the internet's gonna solve in a week yeah it's uh uh like you only have so much time and yeah. like it's just easier when the internet does it sometimes yeah uh yeah so what i guess i kind of skipped over a thing but like you know okay what are what were the lasting effects on the game like what what are the things that we like think like hey like this had a big impact yeah i, I mean i don't think it was a course set i don't know that it had any huge lasting impacts we talked about some like the single cards that were good and saw play, but 
I don't know that it. I don't know that it did. I think that one thing that it did, right, is this was one of the first times that they like in a long time that they brought back the flip cards. And mm-hmm. imagine, imagine if the flip cards came back and they weren't popular, yeah. right? Or they weren't That's true. Or they weren't good. They might have shied away from flip cards, yeah. right? And so, like. All of the flip cards were interesting, and it was like, I know you could like argue that they kind of did this with like werewolves and the transform cards, but like using like card mechanic and then the transforming <laughs> feature to like tell a like a story on the card. Yeah. Right, and like that was maybe not new but as someone who had been playing for only a few years it was kind of a novel thing yeah right and now like i feel like they design a lot of cards that it's like oh hey it's clearly a story where you do this and then like you've met the condition and then like you know right the scared puppy flips over into the into like mama dog or whatever right or i guess the scared cub becomes mama bear or whatever right like there's like a like there's a lot of those cards now and like, but they didn't used to be. They didn't really used to be. And then, like, the kind of the next time they did this was uh, Nicol Bolas the Ravager. Yep. Right, like the same kind of thing where like it was it was the only flip card in the entire set. Yep. And it was like, hey, I tell this story, and like I think this kind of ushered that in. Um, which is kind of interesting, mm-hmm. and. Uh, not not that we need reminded of this as a magic community, but maybe we do. Uh, we are kind of atrocious at uh, judging cards, right? Yes. Like everyone thought Jace was terrible, and Jace was like really good, right? And uh, I definitely had a ton of Herald of the Pantheons because I thought that card was going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Oh, I was wrong. It wasn't Star uh, Herald of the Pantheon. It was Starfield Mystic was the one I had a bunch of that was oh, yeah, worth yeah. more than I than I could have ever dreamed it being worth. Yeah. And it was like $3. basically the same card. Yeah. Basically the same card, but one's white. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that like kind of opening the door to those kind of like double sided cards and like you know story car storytelling with the card plus mechanic. Yeah. Um, and then just, you know, the friendly reminder that, like, we are, in fact, kind of bad at this. <laughs> like, I mean, we try not to be, but yeah. Yeah. Well, not like us, but just like magic players in general, right? Like, yeah. you see the cards that are, like, currently, like, being played, and it's hard to sometimes, like, not to, like, separate, like, well, I don't have to just slot these cards into an existing deck. I could just make a new deck with them and then these cards have a totally different context than we currently have it's hard to like make that leap well i mean that's kind of why we started doing the show yeah is because we'd always get questions about card evaluations and it was kind of tiring to do card evaluations on the same three four times a night with different at fnm yeah so we figured we'd just record it (laughs) and then you guys would all listen to it and it's you know yeah and it's now working. here we are. It's working all these years Two, later. 247 episodes later. Yeah. Um, and I guess also, like, 
uh, this continued the long trend of uh, trying to print fixed versions of things. Mm-hmm. Right, we got fixed um, Time Twister. Uh, we got fixed Cataclysm in mm-hmm. Tragic Arrogance. Not nearly as good. Um, like, on some level, like, Vryn Wingmare is kind of fixed Thalia. Yeah. Uh, it's like, if it costs three mana, it's unplayable. If it costs two mana, it's backbreaking. Right. Well, I guess <laughs> I, those are not t- good options. But we got a lot of, like, this was another time, like, they've kind of gone back. And they've done it previously to this. But, like, there's been a lot of, like, can we fix this older card? Like, what if, what if, uh, what was it, Lotus Veil mm-hmm. becomes Lotus Field? Yeah. Like, is that is that a, a, a net positive? Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, you know, the, so they did that a few times here. But oh, like, one more thing that I guess we can mention. Okay. It, not really on the same topic, but um, I remember Abbott, we were talking about Abbott of Carol Keep and mm-hmm. how that card's kind of not even uncommon level playable now. Yeah. I remember, like, legitimate conversation with that card comparing it to bob oh yeah that abbot of carol keep was just the red bob it was the red snapcaster the red dark confidant it was in the what was in the conversation of like there's always a talk about what is the best one in a color card yeah right and it was dark confidant in black snapcaster in blue tarmogwaif in green Thalia in white, and there was talk that was Abbot of Carol keeping red. Yeah, which is kind of wild that that's not even like, I mean, I guess Termogoyf isn't really playable in green, and like, do people still play Snapcaster? Uh, no. Yeah. So it was like uh, Aspiring Spike when, was it Flame of a Nor came out, which like, if you have a wizard, you get to do like, two of the three things as opposed to just one mm-hmm. was like, can we five over league with Snapcaster? And yeah. like, it was like a challenge to like flame of an and like five over <laughs> league with Snapcaster. Like, yeah, Snapcaster is sadly not a playable magic card anymore. Yeah. And I like need... Bob's probably not when your deck's full of pitch elementals. Yeah. Or like, you know, uh, play Bob immediately get it right in sixth. Yeah. Like that was less good, yeah. But like, yeah, it was in the like conversation of what is the of the best, uh, the best uh, red two drop of two drop of all time, which is crazy in retrospect. Yeah. All right, but again, like if they. Like, looking back on this set, I don't think there is... I don't think you go, like, oh, this like this just comes off as, like, an enjoyable set. Mm-hmm. It didn't break anything, really. Like, people right. didn't enjoy the rally deck, but that wasn't Jace's fault. No. Right, like... It, it I mean, if anything, that was the Fetchland's fault. Yeah, but, like, it wasn't like, oh, man, this is miser- miserable. It wasn't, yeah. like... Like, the limited environment was, like, maybe a little one-note, but fine. Yep. Like it was just a solid set. Yep, I agree. So, with all that, 
we can get out of the Wayback Machine and say, I think we got a show. I think we got a show. So if you would like to reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Discord, X, uh, X. Uh, email, all those links are in the description. We are Remember, we're going to Sunset SoundCloud. Yeah, so sorry. Move sorry, on over. Kenneth. Sorry, Kenneth, buddy. Yep. Uh, if you're looking to support the show, there's a couple ways you can do it. The first is our TCG player affiliate link, casualtryhard.com TCG. Buy all your magic stuff from there and help support the show at the same time. We'd appreciate it. Uh, if you want to support us more directly, patreon.com casualtryhardmtg. You can chip a couple bucks in, however much you feel like, and you get access to all of the Patreon perks. You get... Uh, you get to look at our show notes so you can reference all the stuff we're talking about. You get to listen to us ramble on and on about inflation this morning uh, at the start of this episode with our pre-show. And you also get put on my mailing list for WAG to send out. If you like any of that or if you just show, we would appreciate it either way. I said patreon.com slash casual to do. Yeah. Anything else? No. So, with all that, we'll catch you on the internets. We'll catch you on the internets. <laughs>